Let's see if she still knows how to do this. Hi, Miss Thomas. Shwalo. Ah, Miss Thomas. Yeah, we already talked about your last name and <laughs> what Thomas's name is. Yeah. It's a little weird. It is. 302. Welcome to Podcast Land. It's Eric. It's Alex. Uh, no second guest today. It's just you and I. Um, are you are you getting rain currently? Yeah, um, we just got a downpour, but then it stopped. So yeah, same uh, same over here. We've got like summery severe weather this afternoon. I'm here for it. A little tonight. Yeah, I mean, if if we get like seventy degrees or eighty, like we've had for a couple of days, and this is what happens in the fine. I'm good. I love a spring uh, a, a spring storm. Um. We'll uh, start in one second with the TPD stuff. I'm assuming we want to go back to that, right? I mean, yeah, I suppose. We can actually talk about that. No one's talking about it. But first, (laughs) there's some breaking news, and it's quite surprising. So my my source has told me that this is not a wave, but it's surging. And uh, COVID numbers are are rising. So when uh, the governor laid out like 50 cases per whatever like we're not we're not going we're going in the wrong direction to achieve that and get rid of all the restrictions so mm-hmm. with that in mind uh, the state fair will not be open to the public this year oh wow so only the people who are competing in all the farm contests and their families and guests will be there so no rides no concessions no entertainment will hopefully be back next year are you a fair person I am. Yes, I do love um, a good fair, just the general crowd and the food. And um, I didn't used to get on the rides. And now I do as an adult with my nephews and I love every second of it. So that's that's too bad. When is the fair? No idea. Okay, because I feel like fairs don't happen until at least June. So I feel like this is a bit early. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Maybe Go there's ahead. other factors involved with, like, sorry, the carny services. Uh-huh. Because I think last year, I'm almost certain last summer, once we got through, like, the first punch from COVID, I think some of the fairgrounds opened up their concessions. They did, yeah, Wood County. But, yeah. I mean, when I say it's so small and there was next to no one there, it wasn't, like... Yeah, it, it wasn't anything major at all. So I feel like that was still completely acceptable. But that is worrisome for, you know, all the things that have been, op- that have, you know, all the announcements of you can still have festivals this year, you can have fairs, parades, all of those things. That's, that's worrisome if this is the beginning of like a domino effect for some other events. I'm curious to see how all this plays out. Um, I know, and I was really looking forward to it, too. Not the state fair, but just in general, like getting back to some fun. Yeah, me too. And and I've been, again, cautiously optimistic, but this is all very unpredictable. Even the experts have to make adjustments. Um, Yeah. What my friend told me was, it's bad, but it's like March of last year bad, not December of this year bad. And I will see how bad this surge gets, and if it amounts to a whatever wave we're at. I think we're at the fourth. Um, I know Michigan is really bad right now. I found the graphic last night, like all of the thumb in Michigan is in like super dark red. Um, So I I don't don't know, but but plenty of people have gotten vaccinated. 
Um, plenty of people probably have some residual immunity from getting COVID. And yeah. thankfully, um, it's older people have gotten the opportunity, at least, whether they've taken that opportunity up. They've gotten themselves vaccinated. So those are the people who are most likely to die from this. Um, but now it's all like, it's adults. It's, yeah. it's 30 and 40-somethings. The unfortunate part is, you know, Michigan has been has had different has been a little bit more strict than us. So they've been known to, in which we talk about this. They've been known to come down to Ohio for like entertainment. So the fact that they're getting really bad, <laughs> you know, it I wouldn't be surprised if they come on down to Ohio, not really caring or paying attention to go to a restaurant or to the bar or to the movies. And then it start you'll see an increase in our region. Yeah, this is. I think we've we've seen this a couple of times. Like when the Midwest ish, where the Rust Belt has gotten it, mm-hmm. um, we got it. We got through it, and then like the South or the the like the the Florida got it, and then the Southwest got it. So we'll see if that cycle repeats. But um, I'm not gonna. Rem- I, I guess I should stop saying I'm cautiously optimistic, and we'll just see how things go. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just have to play it out. So one thing that didn't go was the TPD story about the two sergeants sending um, harassing messages to a couple of female officers, one who has left the force. That uh, that victim also said um, if this were to happen again, she would not feel comfortable coming forward with the way the situation has been handled during the six months of the investigation to now. We, I know we briefly talked about it on Monday and I guess we were just wondering when we we're going to get into it on Tuesday. Um, and I asked some, some news friends, do you think this will turn into a, uh, a firestorm? It and could, it could, it if, could, because if, it's not going to, it, it would have, I mean, that, I, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's over. I suppose, like, I guess it's not small potatoes by any means, but you know, sometimes stories get picked up nationally and then they gain a little bit more traction. Um, because they get picked up nationally. That's really disappointing. And I did notice um, when the statement was made by one of the victims, they she said we. Like she didn't say she, she said we. So it almost seemed like she was speaking for more than one um, of the victims because I know that there's been more than one. Um, but I don't, it's really terrible. Like it, it doesn't look good. It's not, you know, especially in the wake of like the Blue Lives Matter, you know, argument um, against all else, it doesn't look good because it's like, where's the support for these victims there? You know what I mean? Like where, where's the support for that? And now we know that like they got demoted. So now they're just patrolmen out serving the community still going on. The sergeants, the sergeants are got demoted. One of them did at least one of them got permanently demoted and can never be promoted. And I think that's the, that's the, the biggest punishment that they're receiving that they can't be promoted because I I think most want to go to, patrolman to sergeant to lieutenant right and i I guess that is like what we talked about the other day they're not getting fired but would they quit and maybe not now but maybe at some point knowing that you cannot move through the ranks that will ultimately make you quit but it's it's not a great feel it's not a great look right now i just don't and i don't understand like i how do they feel is the like i think i know for a fact one of them got demoted i don't know about the other one one got 60-day suspension, the other got 20-day suspension. So um, as they're being demoted to patrolmen, how do you feel knowing you're going out in the community and the majority of the response was negative? Like, you're going out to serve the community that doesn't feel like you should be on the force. How Wait, do you feel about well, that? Well, where, where did you see that it was negative? 
What like, do you mean? Were you reading comments online? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was reading. Oh, yeah. And it was all, I mean, as in, in support of the female officers, in support of these gentlemen need to be fired, not suspended. That's what I mean when I say negative. There was very little support for the officers in this case, if that makes any sense. And I feel like in our region, there is always support for officers, no matter what. I feel I feel different about it, like the opposite. Like to me, interesting. The lack the lack of this story moving forward and turning into a, a miniature firestorm here in the community, it kind of screams like Trumpy to me. Because mm. there's too much. We support the police at all costs rather than. How would you feel if you're a woman on the police force like my friend Taylor Dungeon right now? Um, mm, I thought of I mean, Taylor, yeah. How can, how can you go forward like and, and you're just echoing these women's statements? I am um, looking these things up. I got the. Uh, yeah, one got it. I didn't see that they, they got demoted or yeah, one, so one got demoted. One got demoted, the one that was suspended for 60 days. He did get demoted and can never receive a promotion, um, at least within TPD. I don't know if that's anywhere. But um, I just, and I know, I would imagine that this is involving a union and that it's, you know, I I understand that, but that's the same union that's not protecting these females in this case. Right. And um, I just... It's it is incredibly disappointing. Like, obviously, I don't want anybody to be without a job. But this I mean, what other reason can you have, you know, especially when you're in the position that you're in to fire someone like it's just unacceptable. It's, it, it really is. And just, they give detail of what the of the conversation and the text yeah, messages, some, some nudes and underwear and, <laughs> and wet puddles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, th- I, I think we talked about this the other day over over text, and I didn't mention this in the podcast on Tuesday when you weren't, weren't able to get over here. But at the very least, since the optics of this are are super bad, um, mm-hmm. at least at least I think so. But hey, maybe not enough people ag- agree with with me because again, it, it seems to be just going away. Um, yeah. it's, sometimes that's just the fortune of the news cycle, or maybe people genuinely don't care. I, we we just don't know. Um, they should have, and again, maybe this is protocol they they can't do this i wonder what would have happened and you brought up like how do these guys feel like what happens if they have to go answer a call for a woman who knew exactly what was going on with these guys and how can they respect them and they would right be right to have those doubts um i i think that they should have had to stand in front of a microphone and even if it was a completely prepared black and white statement and they would not take questions at least they had to do the walk of shame and apologize apologize we could grade their level of contrition or remorsefulness based on the inflection of their voice instead there's just silence that that would have knowing that it is like almost like you can kill someone and not lose your job on the police force um that would have at least given me some some peace of mind and maybe the next person that attempts to do this will know that they will will are they willing to risk the public embarrassment which you which would happen if you've got to stand up there in front of microphones i feel like and i think that that was part of the punishment was that they knew that this was going to be like published this is going to be press released into the community and the community would be made aware of it otherwise why would the police department want to tell people want to tell the public that you know they had officers that were sexually harassing women and didn't fire them like that's embarrassing in my opinion but i I think it's got to be the union thing 
it oh of course it is no no i know that i know it's a union thing but um yeah i mean an apology absolutely needs to be made and furthermore there needs to be some sort of action that is clearly defined by saying i will participate in community discussions on these topics and hear this i you know hear the stories of women hear the experiences and what it's made them feel like because there's plenty of community discussions that go on about this so even further there should be some action behind it so that we know that you are listening at the very least like i yes an apology but we but we know that there's so many apologies like that that are made that don't they don't even mean it you know i think of um and i don't think we actually talked about this on the podcast but the executive director for racing for recovery he got he got into some pretty hot water for having inappropriate relationships with clients and his punishment, he was, they did not take away his independent um, substance abuse counselor license. They didn't fire him or remove him from his position. As far as I know, his punishment was that he was going to, this was going to be made public. Was, he it, was, was that on a, on a Friday afternoon? I want to say it was, yeah. So, so it was kind of like a late, at, and going into the weekend, that's where you want the bad news. But and, yeah. and again, back to the point of, it's fascinating what, what picks up in the news cycle? What turns in from a match into a, a, a massive inferno? And I'm kind of surprised that this is not. That's with, true. With all, all the sensitive issues that it touches. For me, um, it's, it's two-pronged. It's dudes being dudes again, but <laughs> it's, it's also level of authority. Because mm-hmm. they, these officers, these sergeants were the, the other officers who they harassed. I believe they were their superiors. And, you know, that's where Chief Crawl had a quote saying, you know, there's a, he, he believes that like getting promoted to sergeant is, is truly a, uh, a tentpole in that line of work because that's where, mm-hmm. you know, you begin to, to, to oversee things and there's greater responsibility. So to one, um, harass women. That's obviously like it's just never going to end, and it sucks that it's happening on the police force. Um, but the fact that you are someone superior and you can and you you thought you could do this, like mm-hmm. that shows horrific judgment, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and and the sad part is there's just I saw a lot of traction about this um, when it the first few days, um, but but there wasn't anything that happened to distract everyone from it, in my opinion. So it's just it did it just fizzled out. It lost its. Um, you know, it lost the fire beneath, you know, it lost the fire from the rest of the community to demand something different. Um, that's yeah, where, that's so it just the, fizzled out. That's where the, the, the Blue Lives Matter Trumpiness kind of, um, for me, is is what took over it. Like, we support yeah. police um, at all costs. And, and I, I don't know that that's true because this is a very discouraging story. And um, I'm that's why I wanted to bring it up again. More the fact that it, it didn't take off and... It really could have, because nothing else that I can see has consumed the news cycle locally. So, um, but we, with that, we'll we'll move on. Um, some cool city stuff. I have something that I found out as well that will be interesting in our conversation. All right. Uh, well, city if, stuff. Okay. Well, well, give me hold. On. All right. Well, give me that. <laughs> give, give me that. So I don't have any, I don't have a document for this and I don't even like, I don't have a, a source other than a, a conversation between myself and Todd Crail yesterday. Did you know, and this was from his financial advisor that's local. Did you know that 
Toledo is like number three in the country for millennials that are choosing to stay in Toledo and or coming coming to Toledo because of our economy and our housing market. I believe the former of that very much so uh, that they're staying only because of all the places I've ever lived. People have often come and went, but people seem to stay here. Well, that and there's people that are coming. So, you know, there's people that are coming here from other other communities. We may have touched on this when Floyd's friend from Chicago that he never met came. But um, I found it fascinating. Todd and I were having a discussion essentially saying that our little bubble of our housing market in Toledo is not caused because of COVID and it's not going to change after COVID because we have other factors here that are causing people to want to stay and or come here. And the cost of living is a lot less expensive and it's just a lot more of a user-friendly city yeah. as far as travel and all that. And I was like, great. <laughs> the, yeah, messing up your home body. <laughs> Good for Toledo, bad for us right now. For the same reason that this area has long been a haven of all kinds of awful drug activity and trafficking, uh, more straight and narrow people are realizing, well, if, well, if I can, if the human trafficking there is really good, then I can probably have a nice career there doing normal things because, again, it's location, 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 and mm -hmm. jump in now before before it, the housing becomes even yeah more, worse. more expensive. And yeah, I, and I mean like the the places downtown, the lofts are popping up and things like that. Like you, we could look back in two years and go, wow, I. I $1,500 for that place, I, hell yeah, rather than like $1,800 or, or $2,000. I just, you know, when I read that, I was like, that's that you don't think about that, you know, when we're in Toledo and we're in our little bubble. Like, obviously, we know that there's good things happening around us, but we don't view, I don't view us on the national stage like that. So when you hear about it, it's like, wow, good for you, like, as in Toledo. Like, is this, yeah. We've, we've had the, the Amazon facility in Rossford has been a thing now for at least four or five years. At least mm -hmm. it was going to happen. The other right. one, which is why I think Floyd's friend moved here, is getting up and going. Those are big deals. There was something in, they the, are. Blade, there was something in the Blade, I think, over the weekend, wondering and trying to analyze what will will that Amazon facility revitalize mm -hmm. the Reynolds corridor because there's stuff there but it's older and yeah. it could attract like there's no Starbucks there there's Starbucks at Reynolds in, in airport but the corridor from like uh like Glendale to mm -hmm. airport like will Amazon revitalize that and bring newer places and things like or newer businesses retail restaurants and it's a it's a fascinating question and of course again the location here is is great um what was it Pro prometica uh just hooked up with that san francisco uh tech place yes. to come yep. here so mm -hmm. yeah i mean i as you as you said that i kind of went through the catalog of all the good things we've talked about over the years and if enough people hear about those things and they do you know it's not going to be swarms of people but it'll be enough to to get us on a list that you said todd mentioned and by the way He's, uh, I don't know how much I trust him anyway, because he seems manic <laughs> about trying to, to finish up his house purchase. I know how long he's been doing it. And I know the work that he's been doing in his current house. He's not manic, but he's definitely like open about the struggles and the changes and the ups and the downs. And we talk about that all the time. So well, no, um, he, he said he's, he's been driving past the house that he's about to I, buy <laughs> like several times a day. I did, I did that. I drove past the house that we offered 
and like in the summertime and showed my mom and then I drove past again and showed my friends and and it didn't even happen so it's I, I it's not far off from something that I would do but he at least got like his offer was accepted and he's like in the oh, final gosh, stages. <laughs> hopefully on Saturday but anyway when I saw that I thought it was fantastic and then to finish the conversation a lot of people don't understand but Lucas County also has social services here that are sometimes unlike other counties. So there are people that come from other areas um, or that get dumped from hospitals and from other programs into our county because it's easier to get to find shelter and food stamps and, you know, some of those things. So it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing for Toledo, but yeah, it's really interesting and good for good for you, Toledo. Like sucks for us, but we'll, what will happen for us will happen for us. No, it's great for me. Come here, raise my house price. Uh, you, you and I mean, you, yeah, you and Amanda are both screwed trying to find a house. I know, I know. Maybe we'll make an offer on Saturday. I'll have an update on Monday. I'm sure. Okay, um, city stuff. It's kind of in the ballpark of of, of that. Um, they are relaunching the Human Relation uh, Human Relations Commission's free mediation program, where in 2019 they reached 225 people and facilitated 30 mediations. This mm-hmm. is the um, this is the arms-free version of what uh, uh, Juwan Armor came to do. Like that's that's like interesting inner-city gun violence. This is I hate my fucking neighbor. And so they, okay, so is it anything then? What do you mean? It's it could be and when you say like human relations, I think of like or businesses like HR. I think so. Um, if a Toledo and this is from the Blade, if a Toledo and wants help dealing with a disagreement or tense situation, they can call the HRC and a third party will help them resolve it. It can be anything from a property line dispute to noise complaints. So again, it's it's Juwan's job without the guns. So how does what how like what qualifications does one have to have to be in this position? Because I feel like you have to have a wide range of knowledge or at least be somebody that can coordinate that knowledge. So then are you somebody that has to have obviously mediation skills, but do you have to know about property management? And then do you have to know about business law? You know what I mean? It's a good question. Um, there's probably some people on this on this third party or whatever um, that have some legal background. Other than that, um, when you talk about like good judgment and being impartial and objective, <laughs> excuse me, uh, uh, objective and non-biased, I don't think that there's any better person that fits that description than myself. Listen, is there a job posting around somewhere? No, you no. should look. Um, the HRC was formed in 2018 with a mission to support a safe, energetic, and livable Toledo. Um, oh, oh overcome, HRC. Okay. Yeah, work to overcome prejudice and build mutual respect. It's a volunteer group with 13 community members appointed by the mayor's office and one non-voting city council representative. So, nice. yeah, again, if you hate your neighbor or you've got, like, a dispute or something with maybe a business or maybe a, a tenant, it's for, like, low-level stuff. It's, like, where you – the things people complain about on Reddit. Like, now you can take it to these people. <laughs> you know, I imagine there's probably lots of, like, neighbor disputes and, you know, or this, they can't do that or they shouldn't be doing this that can, that can be worked out. Sure. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. Um, another thing, do you remember the name Eric Kennard? And I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, nope. Eric Kennard is a Rogers graduate. Um, he won a silver medal in the men's high jump at the 2012 Olympics. 
No, never. That was before my time in Toledo. Okay. Well, uh, I remember his name a little bit from a couple of years ago. Maybe it, getting ready for the 2016 Olympics, it might have popped up. So uh, the gold medalist, you, the gold medalist was a doper, and it looks like he's going to have his gold medal taken away. Do you want to take a guess what country that gold medalist is from? Russia. Yes. <laughs> Russia. Mother Russia. Um, so it looks like uh, Eric might wind up being a, um, a 2012 gold medalist who uh, was born here in Toledo. I mean, does he get any benefits from it other than having a gold medal that he knows he didn't earn? Alex. I'm sorry he did earn it because the other one was doping and he yes. wasn't okay I'm sorry I take it back I take it back I take it back shame on me I promise I take it back Mr. Kennard he totally earned it he totally earned it especially if the other person cheated then that means that he rightfully deserves it I'm so sorry you're on one today <laughs> how do you uh, how do you feel about roundabouts I like roundabouts very much. Okay. Me too. Except in the rain. Um, I am still... So when I go to Amanda's house, I have to get off at the office 475 at that central nightmare. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that bothers me because yes. it's just like traffic could be coming right at you and there's no dividers. Um, yes. I'm fine with roundabouts. Um, so the Cherry Street one, are you familiar with it? No, no. It's like at the end of Collingwood, at the end of the Old West End. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like off of Jeep Parkway. So it's getting a... An oh, au- yes. Uh-huh. It's getting... It was like one of the first uh, roundabouts in the area, I think. It's getting an, an art uh, an, an art installation. Oh, and in the center? At, yes. At the moment, mm-hmm. it's called the... A vessel, a 20-foot-tall mm-hmm. sculpture designed by somebody from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, the Arts Commission uh, is paying for it. It was commissioned by them, and Mercy Health is going to throw some money as, as well. Um, I'm. It look. What were the things that kept popping up back in January? Um, I can't think of the word. Because mm. it looks like that. Oh, the uh, the monoliths. The mo- yes, it looks like a monolith. Interesting. So it's gonna it's gonna pop up there. Um, okay, I mean I don't know if that's gonna make people hate <laughs> hate roundabouts any less, but sure. You know I don't I don't mind them. I think we have a really good roundabout system. I like them in the rain. I don't like them in the rain, but other than that, I think they work perfectly to just continue to flow i hate stopping now because my brakes squeak and they will always squeak so any any reason for me not to have to stop is great um next up nina quarter quarter uh, oh women of toledo nina okay so tell me about this so she is the founder and managing director of women of toledo she has been named the 2021 jefferson award winner in toledo which i read is really it is akin it's like a local version of a nobel prize so I know the Jefferson Awards are huge. I only saw her announced as a finalist, like top four, but I didn't know that she was announced as the winner. That's wonderful. Yeah, this was just today. I thought today they did the top four. That's great. I mean, I, I literally just saw it today. So I didn't even know Jefferson Awards were happening again. Um, I feel like it just happened last year. 
that's really good. I've only met Nina once or twice. I guarantee she probably wouldn't remember me if she saw me. I have not attended Women of Toledo things, but I've attended um, leadership trainings with Nina in it. So we did like some minority executive leadership things um, together. She's she's lovely. Like she's great. And I, I know Women of Toledo is great as well. I saw the article initially today in, in the Blade and I saw some names that I was familiar with. Wendy. Um, who's the, I think, the ED of United Way here. Wendy's great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tina Wozniak was in there, and then I saw Jason Kuchma from the library, and yes. I, I texted Jason. I was like, good luck today, and he texted <laughs> me back. He's like, for what? I was like, and, and I misread it. Those were the people that were on the, they were the judges to do the nominating. So mm-hmm. apparently I caused him some early morning panic. But um, it sounds like they made a great choice. Do you, can you tell me about uh, Women of Toledo? So Women of Toledo, is a, it's like an organization that um, is for women, by women. And it, you know, there's education there. There's um, engagement with women and kind of empowerment. So they have events um, together and they advocate for um, women in the workplace and women in empowerment and leadership. And I know they have mentor mentee programs and they have, um, opportunities for growth and business. And it's really good. And I know Nina, um, I, I correlate Nina to that. And then, um, I work with Cammy, um, Cammy Roth Sizrotniak, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. She is she works for the mental health and recovery services board. Um, and she's involved with women of Toledo and she's talked to me about it before. And so I haven't actually participated in anything when I had an interest, then COVID happened. Um, but it's, and they have programs for men too, like the he for she kind of thing. So they give like guidelines and, um, opportunities for men to go out and, and support on behalf of women and be for women and, and yeah. empowerment and all that. It's fantastic. Women of Toledo have really strong leaders that are involved with them and they have presentations and all sorts of stuff. I love it. Good, good. Great to hear about it. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot of information about this thing I knew nothing about uh, as of like seven o'clock this morning. So good stuff. Um, two last things. And of course, anything else you want to get to. So um, Amanda's working on, uh, Amanda's working on her, on her schedule and mm-hmm. uh, she's trying to work a little bit less. And I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> last last night it was like you you can come over after work. She's like, "Aren't you going to watch your shows?" I'm like, "You can." She's like, "Okay, I'll, you know, I'll do my notes and other things." Um, I didn't watch my Chicago shows because she had got so she is getting divorced. Uh-huh. She's not single yet, but the closing on her house in like Delta or whatever happens on Friday, and then there's a lot of. Um, financial things in her divorce that are connected to that. So mm-hmm. like lot, she had lots of good news and now I know what she must feel like when I'm more drunk than she is. If we're hanging out because she kept asking me and she followed up today. She's, she thought she was being annoying. I'm like, no, you're not annoying. You're just very animated. Like I have never <laughs> seen her like this. Like, she was oh, good. Amanda 2.0. I, I had like you couldn't wipe the smile <laughs> off of her face, and it was a little, it was a little discomforting only because it was it was late for me, and I was laying down and I was already watching some TV, and she was just so energetic. Like I told her, I was like, "You're glowing right now," and she was radiating, not of like beauty, but of 
energy and joy and, and happiness. Good for her. I like when I met her, she seemed introverted. You know, she, she seemed she's very reserved. She, yeah, she seemed res- absolutely. So I got that immediately, which is fine. So the fact that you're saying that you saw this other side of her, I love moments like that because you guys are still getting to know each other. Um, I feel your pain though, and that like it sounds like you were tired and you weren't quite there because that happens all the time with Thomas and I. Thomas, we know, is very reserved. I think you also observed that the same day. So <laughs> he is very reserved. So when he comes out of his bubble, it's usually at like 11:30, and I'm like, bro get off of me. Like, I want to go to sleep. Like, be quiet. <laughs> you know, he'll be like aggressively playing with Sunny right next to me. Or, and I'm like, stop. So that's funny. Good for her, though, especially con- since she's like, you know, on the cusp of like life changing things. And the spring always brings out um, happier feelings when it comes to change and life changes. So I'm, I'm sure she's in a, a better place. I could have plugged my phone into her and it would have charged. <laughs> and yeah, the, the, today she asked me, she's like, I'm sorry for being annoying. I'm like, you weren't annoying. You were animated and we were just of two different moods. It's totally fine. But I'm, I'm very happy for her because it, it was like, it was literally like a different woman. Oh, I love that. Oh, good. And I hope that there's more of that that comes out with her, you know, that there's, Because sometimes when there's like crappy stuff going on in your life, like you're just not, you're just numb to it, you know? Yeah, she's had a a lot of that. Um, And I mean, again, for dealing with this and doing what she does and and still being a mom and everything, like many people would have broken down. And she cried on Monday uh, a bunch, but she's handled this. This would have crippled so many other people. So it's, it's great to see, and that's why I'm attracted to her. Last night, to showcase more of that energy and mania, for, there, was, there was some discussion about, like, vacations, like knowing that she's oh. going to get some money. There was vacations, then house buying, and then, uh-huh. like, there was a good solid 20 minutes of her car shopping online. Like, she was <laughs> manic with, with joy. I get like that all the time. <laughs> and then I have to come back down yes, to reality. Yes, like, <laughs> I, like I told you, I'm like, you're like me. Like something, like you sniff something and then you go start pricing it out and what color. Mm-hmm. And then after you get it or you decide to move on, something else captures your attention and you're looking stuff up with that. I think at one point, like last year or maybe before that, when I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy a new car. And I know I had worked really hard on improving my credit. And I knew that there was an opportunity for me to get a potentially get a promotion. I was like, I'm going to have a Range Rover. So I was just looking up Range Rovers online. And I was like, oh, this isn't a bad price at all. This is $32,000. Okay, I can do this. And like, here we are with my little rust bucket brake squeaking every now and then. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep that for another like 12 months or so. It'll be fine. That was exactly <laughs> her last night. She was, <laughs> she was telling me about somebody she's related to, a cousin or something. And, and they have a Range Rover and she puts the two little dogs in there and they get mm-hmm. puppuccinos and there's black leather seats. And then she looks at me like she's a the real housewife of Southwest Toledo. She's like... I want a white Range Rover with black leather seats. I was like, Oh my God, that's so funny. Me too. I'm like, go get it. And then she gives, and then again, real housewife. She's like, I can't afford that. I'm like, you were just telling me about all the money you're coming into. Does she watch real housewives? Cause if she does, then she's literally me. She doesn't watch a lot of TV. Oh, okay. No, never mind. Um, one last thing I have for you. Uh, am I going to get, is the Moderna, the Moderna is going to knock me out. Uh, 
after I get the second dose Saturday, and I'm going to get beat oh, up Jesus, on Sunday, yeah. right? Um, it's not going to knock you out on Saturday. I think Saturday you'll be fine, except towards the end of the day where you're like, mm, I don't feel the greatest. Sunday it's going to, like, knock you on your ass. Like, just straight up. Yeah. It may. It. I, you know what? I say that it may because um, my coworkers, all of my, not all of my coworkers, but a lot of coworkers of mine also got Moderna the same day as me. Some people were just fine. Other people couldn't work for two days like myself. And then others were like, ah, it kind of sucks, but I was fine for the most part. I know one girl who drank tons of Gatorade the day before and she was fine. She, she didn't have any issue. And that morning, I think. Within the last week, I looked up the numbers and I think I saw that it's 10% of people who get the Moderna have what you, you got. Um, yeah. It's, but it seems like everyone I've spoken to has gotten hit with those aches and mm-hmm. low-grade fever and chills. Even when I was talking to, to Matt from ProMedica, he's like, prepare for 8, 12 hours of, of all that. So I prepared for it, and I'll, I'll take some, what, some ibuprofen or something beforehand and to maybe offset it. But I didn't take ibuprofen until the next day towards the end of the day. Well, I did somebody was it you who told me that somebody you knew was getting it but they took something beforehand to help combat whatever might be coming? I don't think it was because I I don't maybe my mom did that. So maybe it was, but I I felt I was too uneasy about doing that because I had also heard like literally the health department was telling me to take Benadryl before I come in then for the second dose because I they knew I would have a reaction. But then you read other articles that say don't do that because it will decrease the efficacy. Like you may ruin it. So I'm Got like, it. okay, well, I'm not doing any of that because <laughs> like, I'm I'll, not risking at all. I'll ask Maj. I'll see what she says. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah. So the health department was saying take like Tylenol or something. Um, anything else we got to get to today? Anything else in your mind? I don't think so. Ooh. I. Wow. Stand your ground in Ohio is now a thing. So now Thomas, if he hears somebody knock at the door with three knocks instead of two, he can just open fire. I mean, he would have done, he wouldn't have opened fire, but he is, he does like, yeah, he's, anyway, um, he is not going to do that. I don't, I don't think the stand your ground is going to make a difference, really. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think it's going to make a difference. It's just, a, it's just a law to protect people if somebody like dies, <laughs> like, if there's a situation like George Zimmerman or something in, in Ohio, um, whatever. I'm not that annoyed. I don't know. I'm indifferent about it. I didn't pay that much attention to it, though. And I know that's problematic because I know that there it could still affect, um, you know, black men and women um, because we're often viewed as a threat all the time, no matter what we do. Yeah. But um, I men, know that. Yeah. Like in, in a lot of ways, if, if people wanted to be truly evil and hateful, they could just, if, if you were a racist, you hated black people and you, you could just shoot, shoot one. You could just shoot mm-hmm. one. And if it, what bugs me about this is it open ups and, and I don't know the legalities of it. We just, we don't know anything about this. Nobody knew anything about this in mass um, mm-hmm. until the George Zimmerman stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it just, it's just a can of worms because it's, it's, he said, she said it's word against word. And oftentimes one of those people is dead. Yeah, no, all the all the time one of those people is dead and it's and um, black people are always viewed as inherently more dangerous. So we are not given that benefit of the doubt. Like 
Um, I think of the young man who was sitting in his apartment eating ice cream and the woman walked in and shot him because she went to the wrong apartment. Was that the I, officer and that was that in Texas? That was in Texas. I yeah. think of Ahmad Arbery who was running, jogging outside, exercising, and he was shot by oh, some like fucking the, citizens cops. Those, <laughs> they were racist. Like, <laughs> like just this isn't funny. Like this is my way of coping with just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, but and I, I know that, and that may be my only concern, is that we're in Ohio, so we're in such a conservative, like, right-winged state that it might come out like the wild, wild west. Like, yeah. there might, you know what I mean? Like, you might find more shootings, um, more, like, there's a fight at a, you know, there's a fight at a mall that broke out, and there was a child nearby, and the dad thought the child would get hurt, so he shot somebody. Yep. Like, like, you know. I'm looking at these apartments across the street from me, and they're they're lower income for sure. Um, what happens if somebody is driving back here to the radio station? To, mm -hmm. Not that people visit here anymore, but just a hypothetical. Somebody's coming back here, they get lost, and they think that one of the, the black people who lives these apartments looks threatening or menacing or said mm -hmm. something and before you know it somebody could pull out a gun and then it's it's wor your word again it's living word against dead word in many of these cases it's it just that, that can of worms is scary especially in these fraught, in, in these fraught times we live in it is so maybe i didn't not have an opinion i just like <laughs> I, I don't know i don't i do have an opinion i suppose but it it's real like and you so you finally met thomas like he is a scary looking dude like when you just see, he doesn't talk much and <laughs> like when you see him he's scary until he opens his mouth if he's comfortable enough to talk to you so i always and he's big a big dude so i always fear um for him when it comes to that, not that somebody's going to mess with him. I think often people don't mess with us because they're scared of him. But at the same time, like, you know, you may have that one person that feels threatened by him and then it, and, then it it's over, and then it's over. It's all yeah. it takes one person. But I know that he has an animal named Kitty. <laughs> um, so that either means he is one of two things. They're complete extremes. He is either a big teddy bear or he, he is. is some big boss in a video game that is worth billions of dollars and is leading a crime syndicate and Kitty is just his, his pet but nobody fucks with them. So yesterday, Kitty is Kitty is a sweetie pie but if he's hungry or if he wants attention, he will just weave in and out of your legs all the time no matter where you are so he'll trip you up and he likes to put his nose on you which is always cold and wet. So um, Kitty was doing that and Thomas kind of shooed him away, but apparently he kicked him too hard because he has the strength of, uh, he, he's strong. He doesn't know his own strength. And he kicked Kitty too hard. And so then he's picking him up and like trying to hug him. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, you bastard, you bastard. Don't you kick Kitty anymore. But um, yeah, he's a sweetie pie. He's such a teddy bear until the claws come out. When they come out, they come out and then they'll go back in eventually. And they're usually out because he's a softy. <laughs> like so... You know, super last thing. And if you want to tune out now, because this is just me and Alex talking friend stuff. Um, uh -huh. Did so there was a it was either Variety or the Hollywood Reporter. Ray, Ray Fisher, he, he finally got the whole truth out with Justice League. Did you happen to see oh. that article? I did not, but I did see something else, and I'm curious if you saw it. No, I didn't. All right, hold on. The long it's I'm like I already heard all this stuff, and there's more details, and I'm so tired of him. Oh and no! He, 
to me, and I spoke, Vinny and I both agree with this. And Vinny, some of these things are, are Vinny sensitive about and, and acutely aware because he is a minority. He's Asian. I um, did not know that. Yeah, he's, he's Vinny, the, Vinny the Asian. Um, it, and we both agree. Like, okay, Joss Whedon and some of the people at Warner's are, are some pretty lousy people. And most people probably wouldn't want to work for them. But there's mm-hmm. nothing racial about this that we can see. So... In the Teen Titans thing, that really po- it's an animated show that popularized the cyborg character a great deal. He's got a catchphrase, "Boo yeah." Oh. Ray Fisher didn't want to say it because he wanted to know why the other characters didn't have to say their catchphrases or a catchphrase. One, they don't really have any, and the people that were yelling at him, the executives were like. The AT&T or Warner executive could have a kid who loved the Teen Titans show and they want to hear Cyborg say booyah. Say the fucking line. It, it, it was, he was a lousy employee. They were bad executives. But none of it seems racial whatsoever. And it's like a lot of whining. And this is the kind of story that fuels the people that we don't like who just like to say everything doesn't have to be a racial issue. Because in this case, it's not. I, I am going to have to disagree. Because... Listen, I'm going to have to disagree only because I understand if I were in Ray Fisher's shoes, even knowing that the character had that like catchphrase, I would not want to say it because it would make me look extra black. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I have a problem with some of the characters like Tiffany Haddish plays. I have a problem with some of the characters that Kevin Hart always has to play. You know what I mean? They don't ever get to play a character that doesn't have this like huge, like hood black ghetto personality. Um, when I know that there's more to them than that, but those are the characters that they play. So I, I don't love, I w- I agree with Ray Fisher. I would not have wanted to say that. Now that's something that he has to deal with on his own because he did choose to play that role and he should have known that there was a catchphrase there. I know that there's an entertainment aspect to it, but the entertainment is like, I don't know. I, I, I feel him. I, I do. He I just keep do. saying, um, he kept falling back on with the, the first part of the movie. The first movie was they didn't want to make an angry black man, the center of the film. And, I can understand that perspective, but again, mm-hmm. like you said, he knew what the role was and he read the script and all that stuff. That's why yeah. I think he's just, he's being a little butthurt because these people were, were dicks. They were dicks. Um, and, and, and well, hold on one thing with um, the second cut, when his character was enlarged in the presence, I don't think he was angry. I just found him deeply unlikable. <laughs> I do think I did also find his character to be unlikable in both of them. I, I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of it. But I think that this is not the kind of film where he can he can provide that input. I think there's absolutely films where as like a black person um, playing the role that they're playing, you can provide input and it can be heard and adapted. I don't think this is the kind of role for that to happen. And I think he has to come to terms with that. Um, It's unfortunate, but that's up to you to decide to come to terms with that. He took the wrong job. Yeah, I feel I want to say I just learned about a, a actor or an actress that had provided input to a role that they were playing that said no to certain things like that because they did not want to be they didn't want to seem that way or they said no I'm not going to do this or no this character is not going to do that this isn't how it's going to be this isn't 
this isn't one of those films, though. And, and you have to understand your cachet when it comes to... I mean, there is a hierarchy of... And mm-hmm. you know this is a man. There is a hierarchy at every workplace. Mm-hmm. What? So, Vinny gave me an example today. Um, hold on. And I think it's one that's well-known. And, you, you, like... There, there are women who will only undress in movies to a certain degree. Others mm-hmm. won't do it at all. Where, mm-hmm. where is this one? He said some. What was the movie? It was Gone Girl. Um, ben Affleck was recently trending for holding up the filming of Gone Girl for refusing to wear a Yankees hat for a scene. <laughs> ben Affleck can do that mm-hmm. because he's Ben Affleck. Ray Fisher, you know, can't throw his dick around on a movie because Mm-mm. he's Ray Fisher and. I mean, th- this is this is like it's some millennialisms, and you've learned this now as you've come up in your career. There's mm-hmm. a you can do more, you have more clout as you move through the ranks and earn that cachet, as opposed to it's your first job. So, did you see? I just saw it today. I didn't read too much into it, other than I know that there was a tweet. My new boo. Reggae John Jean Page. Yes. Yeah. Did you see that? Is we, this also the Zack Snyder in, universe, or is it just that, DC? It's in that fucking Ray Fisher story. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinny said, "Have I like have I worked up the tolerance to read the article?" I said, "I was reading the article yesterday at the gym <laughs> while I was texting you about it." And I and first Vinny's quote today sums everything up and ends all the argument. He's like. Roger dodged a bullet by not being on that on that crappy show. Two, I, it's completely valid to think that baby Superman doesn't have a black grandfather. I suppose I yes I yes I understand, but you know this is the same thing with Bridgerton. I don't see why like. <sighs> I don't always agree that like the character has to match what the the 50 year old comic series has always portrayed when it comes to the visual aspect, like what that person physically looks like um, when it comes to at least their race, because I think it especially if characters from years and decades ago were always white, that means that only white people get to play them now and get to play them from now on. So I don't love that. I loved what Bridgerton did, but you, we talked about my mom and I's disagreement about that, where mom's like, this is a fantasy. And I said, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Um, disagree with you completely. Reggae could have done one other season with Bridgerton and he would have blew up way more than he just did because to me, throw the whole series away at this point. Like, throw it all away. I don't want to watch it anymore. And I know that there's other people that probably think the same thing. That's fine. He'll, but, but I mean, and, and maybe maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't be. But, I mean, he got out of it what he needed to. I mean, he got another bump by him by him not coming back. I mean, he's, he's well on his way. But to go back to your point, I agree that if we keep these roles the same, they were created by, in many cases, Jewish men, they'll mm-hmm. always be white. But this is where, and I think we've discussed this a while ago, this is my Miles Morales theory. Yeah. Don't race or gender bend. Not not iconic, legendary characters. Um, just create new ones. And I'm actually, I'm breaking my, my rule or my theory with... The so the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be a Jack, I'm sorry, a black Jim Gordon, which he is a legendary character. But he is. I'm. Do you know who the actor is? Um, 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 um. He played in The Fifth Element, didn't he? And he had that like. 
Oh no, I know who the old actor was. I don't know who the new one is. Yeah, yeah, yeah not Gary Oldman. No, the, the 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 black actor who's playing Jim Gordon in the the Batman movie. What's and his name? Oh, Jeff, you don't know. Jeffrey Wright. Hmm. You know who Jeffrey Wright is. What was he in? Uh, uh, I found him in Westworld, but he's been in so much else. The, the, the balding black guy. I feel like I know exactly who this is. He's, anyway, continue. And he's great on Twitter, but he is one of my five current favorite actors. So I'm like, oh, go be the black Jim Gordon. You live it up. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I, I threw out the Miles Morales theory with all these things. Um, just make new ones. And that's what we've seen, not necessarily with Black Panther, but the Black Panther has been supercharged in the last half decade, thanks to Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, a brilliant essayist and author, and and he is a black elite intellectual. Um, And it got to to the big screen and all that stuff. So make new characters, and that's why, yeah, I mean, I can buy those reasons even if we can just disagree that, You'd be fine with the, the the race or gender change with a character like that. So, I, no, I do agree that some of the some of the bigger ones, but like your version of bigger and my version of bigger aren't the same because I you have yeah. a love and a history for this that I don't. I love the movies, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So I follow along based on what I see on the films. I don't know everything else behind it. So you're having to educate me all the time on stuff like this, but. Um, yeah, but I mean, it would be interesting for characters that I know and love, and would I agree or want something like that to change? What do but you? I, what do you? What were your favorite things growing up? Like, what brands did you attach to? I don't know. I don't know if there's. I I can't think of anything. Like, it, I don't know. It maybe if somebody made Scary Spice a white person, I'd be upset. There you go. But that's because she was, you know what I mean? Like, why would you take that away when the Spice Girls only had one minority, like, in the girl group? Like, why would you remove her? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No you're, uh, no, you're right. And there's not much reason to gender bend towards majority or race bend right. towards minorities. But there's got to be something here. This is your homework. There's got to be something as a kid that you were growing up that you loved that if they did change, um, you would be upset about because that, that's just what this is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you're right. I, I absolutely hate it when they bend things towards the majority. So like when um, I don't know anything about the background of the story, but there was a movie where I think Scarlett Johansson played an Asian character. Like you could have found, an Asian person for this role. I think we had just, Thomas and I just watched a movie and I couldn't get past it. I had a hard time getting past it because I said, you could have found, you know, people for this role. Like, what what were we watching? I don't even remember. I remember the movie. And my argument was then was the same as it is now. It's like, those minority actors and actresses like have to build into those roles Uh Um, because Scarlett Johansson brings eyeballs and these are businesses and I'm not saying that that is right but I understand it similarly how I think so crazy rich Asians broke broke the glass ceiling down for a lot of those um, actors and actresses and now they're getting big roles like you just can't take like there might be a a brilliantly talented Asian actress that could have played that Scarlett Johansson role. But nobody knows who they are. And again, it's, it's a business. Now, like one of the movies I'm super excited about um, for Marvel this year is one of the ones that got bumped, I think, from last year is Shang-Chi, Master of the Martial Arts. 
it's an entirely Asian cast as it should be. Um, and now because these people have been in, uh, have have come up through other roles, whether they were co-stars, side roles, or big roles, now you're going to know who you are when you go see this big Marvel movie. So I would love to see Henry Golding, who played the main male character in Crazy Rich Asians. I want to see him blow up like a Jason Momoa. It might take some more time, but I want to see it happen. And I remember the movie. We were watching um, the movie with Will Smith where he played the doctor who determined yeah. concussions. So we were watching that and I kept, I could not get past the fact that they put makeup on him to make him look darker, to play a character that came from um, Africa somewhere. Africa and his, who ended up being his wife also came from Africa. And I said, they could have found like, even in, even when that film came out, I think of, I, I can't, their names are escaping me, but there's plenty of um, darker skinned actors and actresses that could have played that role. The girl that played his wife, I think is, is mixed for God's sakes. Like she's, you know what I mean? Like she's, and so it just, I was like, Great example I can't, though. I, because within our own culture, we do the same thing. Like, so I just, you could have picked many other people's for the, people for that. And Will Smith wore makeup to make him look darker. How was that not more problematic? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I just had to look up Henry Golding real fast because I know I know who he oh, is. But a he, babe. He hasn't hit like my movie sphere yet, but he will because he's playing the legendary G.I. Joe character, Snake Eyes. Oh, he is? Yes. See, that's what I'm saying. I want to see more of that. He's a damn babe. I love him. Thomas like literally was like pinching me in the theater because I couldn't stop smiling when we were watching we are open about that stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, close your mouth, Alex. Like, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find out. So I think his name is Simi Liu, um, S-I-M-I-L-I-U. He is playing Shang-Chi. Um, and again, I'm super excited for this movie. I actually I read some of the comics when it first started uh, in the mid-70s. I'm like, oh, you can't write these today. Like, there's lots of, like, like yellow man this, yellow man that. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they, they're obviously modernized, and, and that's been let go of. But I'm trying to find out what he was big in, how he essentially landed this role. And he's he's amazing on Twitter, too. He's super funny. S-I-M-I? S-I-M-I-L-I-U. He was in Pacific Rim, but I think he was on a Canadian TV show that he had a big role. Let me read the beginning of his... Wikipedia, Pacific Rim. He was in Beauty and the Beast. Oh um, yes, yes, yes. But he, okay, Kim's Convenience. So that, oh that, no, that, that was a big Canadian TV show, and he, that's where he got going. He was also I've heard of it before. He was also on Orphan Black, um, and the girl from there is going to play uh, She Hulk. So yeah, it's like that's that's how these. Very talented minority actors have to get these massive roles mm-hmm. so that they don't gender, race, or sexuality bend. And I'm I'm fine with this. And you know what? When they get these roles, they're going to get so many more of them. Um, I think it's Ming Nenwa. Like, did you watch any Agents of Shield? No. Mm-mm. Okay, but so do you remember the Asian bounty hunter, the female in Mandalorian? Um, you do? No. She was uh, hanging around with Boba Fett? Yes. Yeah, her. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Ming Na Wen. 
So I first saw her in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And since then, I mean, it helps when you're in the Disney ecosphere. And that's probably that probably helped her get the... Uh, you have to get that? No. Um, that's probably how she got the Mandalorian role. But she's also super talented. And um, can you look her up real fast? I did. I'm looking her up right now. Yeah. How, how old do you think she is? <sighs> 44. She's 57. Damn. Yeah. But Good she, for her. She gets mega roles now. So, I, and again, I'm not saying that it's right, but I understand that these places run as businesses. And I run, I understand in many ways these businesses are run by rich white dudes. Um, play, just play the game. I want to see more of Aquafina. You know she's my absolute favorite. I have so many favorites. I really do. But still, I'm pleased with it. Um. I read something yesterday about Mortal Kombat. So, Louis Tan, he oh. is he plays the the new character in Mortal Kombat lore, and I read a great story about him. He said he was like heartbroken when he found out he didn't get the Shang-Chi role, but his spirits were picked up shortly after by knowing that he got the the Mortal Kombat role. I think he is mixed in some way. He actually looks quite American, but he's not. Um, but he's been in all these fighting shows that I've, I've suggested, or fighting movies I've suggested to you. So there are talented minority actors mm-hmm. out there. Like, what's his face? Like, maybe, like, in 30 years after he is, like, the, the George Clooney, regardless of <coughs> race, color, sex, anything like that, um, our guy Abdul, Yahya, Mateen, or whatever, we're going to be like, mm-hmm. yo, okay, you took all the roles from all the hot black guys. Can you save some roles for anybody now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's, I, I haven't seen a lot. I said that on the last podcast, haven't seen a ton from him lately. Um, but yeah, he's. Yeah. Give the guy a break. He was probably shooting movies nonstop for like four years. Yeah, I'm sure he was. He was, that was the one who played Dr. Manhattan, right? In yes. the HBO show. Yes. Mm. Um, and played the, did you guys see Aquaman? He was Manta, the bad guy there. Yep. Remember, and, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Of course I saw Aquaman. Are you insane? Yeah, 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 okay. Um, all right, well, what are you doing this weekend? Um, we're going to view a house on Saturday. And so, and I just saw, I just sent it to you a little while in the beginning of the podcast because the pictures are finally up. So, and I love it. I'm in love. I'm in love. So I'm hoping that we can make an offer on it if it's everything we hope when we get there. And then on Sunday, hopefully if the weather stands, I'm going fishing on the mommy. I've got waders and everything. You have what? Waiters. The hell are that? Like people that serve you? No. <laughs> the waiters, W-A-D. Um, it's the um, overall pants that you put on so you can get in the water. Oh, God. Please please have the hat and the over. <laughs> this, this will be the whitest thing you've ever done. So, a backstory. I'm going with my brother. We're going to bring Thomas as well. But my dad would come up to the mommy every year in the springtime to fish. Um, for this season. So this is the time when all the fish are coming upstream. So he would go every year. And so um, I'm going to go this year. I've never been in, I fish, but not with waders because that was dad's favorite thing to do. He would go to like Florida and catch sharks and swordfish and all sorts of stuff. And so um, we're going to fish together on Sunday. God, this is going to be, I want pictures. Um, <laughs> I, ho- I hope somebody is like 50 yards away and they see Thomas and they'd be like, Hey, Momoa! <laughs> you put on a couple of pounds? <laughs> 
so the fun, the interesting part is going to see if we can find some waiters to fit him. So um, that should be fun. We'll go out and look for that this weekend. But yeah, we're going to look at a house on Saturday. And so hopefully we have some good vibes for that. And then um, we're going to fish on Sunday. I think I'm going to take the day off tomorrow again. Okay. Uh, so it should be nice. Very nice. All right. Well, I will, uh, I'll talk to you later on then. Oh, bye-bye. Oh, there we go. Money today. <laughs> bye-bye.